Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Duchess Podcast with me, Julie Smith. This week, I'm in Burrow Hill Farm in Somerset, home to the UK's first cider brandy and the wonderfully bohemian Temperley family. Now, you may know Alice Temperley as the fashion designer du jour, loved by Halle Berry, Scarlett Johansson, Sarah Jessica Parker and the Duchess of Cambridge. And the cider brandy was the very British finale to Meghan and Harry's wedding dinner. I joined the mother of the family, Diana Temperley, whose entrepreneurial brood and farmhouse business was the inspiration for award-winning author Veronica Henry's latest novel, A Home From Home. I asked Veronica if she'd deliberately chosen such a quintessentially English product as the juice for her latest plot. Everybody loves cider. Everybody sat in a pub garden on a bank holiday and had too much. <laughs> and um, it's just something that's very nostalgic and very um, reminiscent of England and everybody's red cider with Rosie. Um, and, of course, I love the orchards with all the trees. It's very visual. I write quite visually. Um, yeah. And so, yes, finding somewhere like this to sort of do my research was yeah. was, was a, a gift, really. So you were looking for a home, weren't you? What is it about this particular place, over and above the apples and the cider, that made you think, this is where I could focus on a family drama well it's sort of um i wrote a lot i used to write for television so i'm always looking for a, a sort of a holding place if you like and I, what i loved about this particularly was the multi-generational aspect of it the kind of the hewing oil factor almost so it you know it it's not a story that's it, it's fictional it's very much made up but um just the beating heart of of the family at the center of the business really fascinated me and how they all love it and how everything goes back to the land. Um, Just give us a little overview of the story. The story, um, it's set in a place called Dragonfly Farm. So this is my sort of the the family home. Um, And it gets left to two cousins, um, but also a third person who they're rather startled (laughs) that a third of this farm ends up um, being left to somebody who's belongs to a family that uh, they're sort of enemies really so it's quite feudal and kind of long-running rivalries basically Mm. so it's like oh the cuckoo in the nest is coming back why so when you were doing your research you came and sat around the table with di and and julian and their daughter matilda who's just about to take over the company is that right Di? yes yes (laughs) and and you saw an end product that perhaps your story might be able to lead to absolutely but am I right in saying that you also spotted 
the family dynamics that might could kind of inspire. Well, that is always inspiring, isn't it? How, how say, fathers and daughters and mothers and sons, and you know, all kind of pull together to, to create something yeah. um, that will last for generations. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's heritage, isn't it? Yeah. And we do that very well in England, I think. I mean, it's fascinating. So when you come to a place like this, you can see your characters, mm. you know, the girls who are about to inherit this, this farmhouse and wondering what to do with it mm. and whether they're going to change their lives, what they would what business could they do mm-hmm. when you see the temple sitting around the table can you put your characters in that place how does that work creatively well you can't take people from real life and put them into fit you so I, mine have to go through a process and i have to think about where have they come from and, and what are they doing because they need to undergo a change and they need to make a big decision do they want to take that on or not so it's about making them fall in love with that place and then thinking yes this is what we want to do and then and then sort of you, you know you have to have some sort of a fight in a book you have to have something to strive for um so it can't just land on your lap um so they have to sit and think well if we did that but we'd have to give that up but actually the rewards would be much bigger so yeah so but you also have to make it real you know because there will be people reading it that say oh you know that wouldn't happen or that couldn't happen or that's not very businesslike so you have to do a bit of research there's a there's a lot of fantasy added in but there needs to be a genuine sort of some something real and 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 believable at the root of it so people have to go away children have to go away yes and then they suddenly realize what they've got at home because that's that's, this is all they've known you know and they all wanted to go to london and make their fortune well of course alice did but matilda came back matilda came back when she was doing photography she worked in science to start with in Uganda, going around villages, um, and it was, you know, quite dangerous, so I wasn't sad when she gave it up. Mm. But she came back and took pictures of the floods. We had really bad floods in 2014 and produced a book, and it sort of got her hooked really on Somerset again. Mm. She realised how much she loved it and meeting all the local people, and she's made lots of friends. Everybody knows her now, you know, mm. and uh, she really enjoys her life here. And I think it's that sort of sense of belonging. I think everybody wants to have something that they belong to and belongs to them. How does that feel, Di, that there's a book just about to come out? <laughs> well, it's not literally them. It's very different. But of course. I have actually read it, and um, it was a fascinating read. Couldn't wait to go to bed and sort of see oh, what happens sweet. next. <laughs> very romantic. Yes. But it felt very strange reading a book all about this farm, and I could sort of really... Uh, feel the characters and you know the surroundings yes. which uh, sort of it's very similar to to here and all the family dynamics mm. and it, of course it is a family business mm. um how long have you been here uh my husband's been here nearly 50 years i've been here for 45 years it's grown from a small red brick house and an old cider house which is there was probably a nice house here once but anyway um and just a one or two orchards and we've sort of slowly planted and or he has built up you know bought more land and replaced trees and made more products over the last 40 45 years because it was just cider to start with and then we started making brandy because nobody was doing it in this country and that's the point i mean tell us about the cider brandy it's quite extraordinary yes well we've got a, a an old friend who's helped us a lot um get the stills to make the brandy with the cider from France because obviously we couldn't get them here and he came along one day and he's living in Normandy still and he said why why doesn't anybody make brandy you know and we thought oh that that's a good idea so he he found the first still 
and we bought it over as a sort of museum still and we were based at Brimpton Deversey which is a nice big house that not far from Yeovil and we weren't we couldn't really expand there that was 1987 and uh, we applied to have uh, move our, our distillery we managed to move to the milk marketing board which is just a couple of miles down the road but we weren't allowed to make it here because obviously the customs and excise were a bit nervous about us starting this business they knew nothing about so I think my husband wrote quite a few of the rules with them <laughs> and educated them and they used to come quite often and check us up but now it's all it's all alright and we were allowed to move here a few years ago and we've now got a distillery at the farm and of course the cider brandy was on the menu it for was. the royal wedding yes. how did that feel? Uh, amazing because we knew nothing about it <laughs> until really? we read oh. somebody told us and it was in the times the menu was in the times and I think they sourced it from obviously someone we sell to yeah but wisely it was, um, chosen I'd say yeah, yeah <laughs> so our 10 year old brandy so that was I think the only English drink they had on the menu Golly. Yeah. And Veronica, in, in the book, your characters are very entrepreneurial, like the Templey family are. Yeah, they sort of have to be. They have yes. to be, absolutely. They have to turn a farm around, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you have done so brilliantly. Um, and it, they've kind of done what you wanted to do, really, haven't they? Just explain what they've done to replace the second. You know, we have a sort of obsession with it in this country. And it seems to be that you know, any excuse to open a bottle of Prosecco and I'm like, no. Stop drinking the cheap stuff and, and drink sparkling cider. Much more delicious, English, it tastes of summer and it, it just makes you feel happy. It's, you know, and that, so that's the underlying message of the book. <laughs> drink more sparkling cider. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you actually produce this? Tell us about it. Yes, we, we do. We sell quite a lot um, to people, you know, for their weddings mm. and because it's uh, like a champagne um, and it's a bottle fermented. Um, made in the champagne method so it has a a wire on the cork um, and it's lying on its side for quite a while and then it's um, disgorged um, and the the cork is put in and first of all it starts with a metal cap so it's made in exactly the same way as champagne and it tastes just as good yes I'm all for it (laughs) drink more of that and it's quite you know it's still got the same sort of ceremonial thing so yeah, absolutely. And it isn't as expensive as champagne. Yes, so. I mean, that is the point. With a lot of sort of English sparkling wines, they are much, much more mm. expensive. The good ones are much more expensive than champagnes, for example. Yes. What what would yours sell for? Uh, I think it sells for about £12. Pounds. Okay. Mm. You could yeah. drink a lot of that. <laughs> you could have a very happy wedding. Well, your character certainly would, yes, wouldn't they? Exactly. Di, people have always been fascinated by the farmhouse mm. table, the dramas that happen there, particularly in, in a farmhouse like this, in a business like this that's family run. What's the recipe that really sums this place up for you? Uh, I think the recipe that I always think of has got all the ingredients in that are local um, chicken or pheasant or partridge, uh, cider, cider brandy, and cream. And we've got all the ingredients in Somerset and yeah. probably Dorset. I, we don't eat very much meat. Well, I don't particularly much meat now, but uh, chicken, I do eat and fish. And this is a really nice recipe. It's so tasty. If you put brandy, cider and cream and poultry or even pork, um, it just lifts it to another level. You know, it makes it a really superb meal. Obviously, we can cook with cider. Uh, can mm. we cook with any cider? Probably not. Um, it's, it's best to cook with a, a dry cider, not a sweet cider. Mm. But if you get a good cider, it does add that lovely flavour of apples if there are enough apples in the cider to start with. Oh. You just have to source a good cider, and farmhouse cider is obviously the best because it's, well, we are 100% apple. We don't 
put anything in our cider. And and finally, we've just unearthed literally a, a rather fabulous story, which will uh, one day be on the labels of mm. your brandy. Um, just tell us a little bit about this extraordinary fossil that is now hanging in one of your barns. Okay, well, the fossil has been in my father-in-law's garden and came from a quarry at Pibsbury, which is near Langport. Um, and I, I think Julie remembers wheeling it up the garden in a wheelbarrow, so it was put there probably when he was young, um, and it's been flooded a few times, and it had a cover on it, and then it got covered over with, with weeds, and we knew it was there, and we d- decided to um, you know, get hold of it and dig it out and look after it before it got it deteriorated anymore. And it's uh, the Ichthyosaurus that used to be swimming around on the Somerset levels here. Wow. And when um, there's a museum at the Clark's factory in Street where they have a collection of these Ixiosaurus all dug up in quarries around the area um, when they were built, taking out the stone to build, um, you know, Clark's and Clark's Village and all the buildings there, Julian's great-great-grandfather had a quarry at Pibsbury. And obviously that was when it was dug up, Blue Lias Quarry, and taken to Thorny where it sat for many years and it is 90 million years old yes it is at least <laughs> it is absolutely yes. incredible i mean veronica in terms of storytelling yeah. it doesn't get any better than that does no, it? no, no, no. Is, that is extraordinary and it just feels very much in keeping with the sort of wonderful generations of of, of people that have kept all this together thanks for listening to the delicious podcast i'll be back next week with how to cook like pakistani cook ada khan you can follow my adventures with hashtag the delicious podcast on instagram and check out the entire back catalogue on deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts i'll see you next week Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.